Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We have a phenomenal guest today. I'm, I'm a little fanboy today, guys, so if I'm a little goofy, it's just because I've got a, a phenomenal guest, Dr. Margaret Paul. She and her work has really impacted me and, and many of the people in my life in a very positive way. Dr. Paul is the author and co-author of several best-selling books, including Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by You, Inner Bonding, Healing Your Aloneness, The Healing Your Aloneness Workbook, Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by My Kids, Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by God, and her recent books, Diet for D Divine Connection, Beyond Junk Foods and Junk Thoughts to At-Will Spiritual Connection. She holds a PhD in psychology and is a relationship expert, noted public speaker, workshop leader, educator, chaplain, consultant, and artist. Dr. Paul, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Honestly, I've, I've, this is, um, it's, it's, it's great you're here. And, you know, frankly, not enough people in my mind are aware of the phenomenal work that you do and the impact that it can make, the practical component of it. You know, I've been talking about your work on my show. I mean, I've been doing this for 70 plus episodes in. I've talked about your work many, many episodes. I've shared the work that you do with many people in my life. My wife's actually going through your inner bonding workbook now. It's really helping her a ton. Um, so getting us started, wh what got you into all this work? Well, <laughs> you know, like, like so many people, <clears throat> I came from a dysfunctional family. And when I was five years old, <laughs> I, was, I was kind of a wreck. And my mother decided that um, it was my fault that I was a wreck. So she took me to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist talked to me and talked to my mother and then said to me, tell your mother not to yell at you. My mother was a, a screamer and made me very nervous. And so my thought was, I'm only five years old. Uh, she's not going to listen to me. You tell her. And my next thought was, I can do a better job than you. And that was the moment I decided that I was going to be a psychologist. That moment. Five years At five. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild. Talk about a true calling. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm not surprised by that. It, it's all the work that you've read. I, have, I haven't actually hadn't heard your origin story, the work that I'm learning and, and building off your work. I didn't know the origin story of that, but five years old, you knew it. Yeah. Well, the, the way you execute your work, the way you do the things that you do, I'm not surprised by that because it really, truly seems to me that this is your spiritual calling while you're in the world. You, you've, you've been expanding your work too of late too, how you've gone from really a lot of the inner world, but now you're focusing on nutrition too, which I'm excited to get into a bit. But the, one of the things I actually read your Healing Your Aloneness book. Mm -hmm. That's what really helped me. And <laughs> 
I think a lot of people don't understand, and this is where I was. I, I was doing all the things that I thought you were supposed to do. I was living a good life. I had a good job. I had friends. I was all these external things, right? I was out of my house for many years. I was in my late 20s, but I was still feeling like I remember feeling when I was a child, you know, anxious, insecure, scared. And it wasn't until I read your book and then I started to understand that I had actually adopted a lot of those parental practices and had been ongoing as an adult. This happens to all of us, doesn't it? We we just pick up what we learn and, and move on unless we recognize it. Yeah. Would you see this is a very common oh, thing? Oh, it happens to almost everybody. And and yet we say, I'm not gonna be like my mom or I'm not gonna be like my dad. But then we um we are. We we absorb their false beliefs, we absorb their fears, their woundedness, their ways of taking care of themselves. Um they think they're taking care of themselves, they're they're trying to be safe. But really what most of our parents learned to do was abandon themselves. And so we pick that up and we learn to abandon ourselves. And then it really shows up when people get into relationships because that's when they start to act out the patterns that they saw their parents or other caregivers acting out. And, and then they really run into problems. I work with a lot of people who think, oh, you know, they're fine. They're happy. They're doing great until they get into a relationship. And then everything that's unhealed comes to the surface. And that's great because then they can deal with it if, they, if they're open to that. That's the key, right? I, for the longest time, I felt burdened by a lot of those things, but I didn't realize now, looking back, it's a blessing. Being able to see that, being able to recognize what's hindering us, what, may be, what, what may, we may be holding on to, and the, the opportunity to reflect on that and, and move forward is, is truly a blessing. And, and, and that's the work that you did. The, the tools that you gave me were, I'd never, I've never heard of the concept prior to your work of the inner child and the parent and how that reflects and kind of the logical approach as a parent and the inner child is really our, our emotional, our creative, <laughs> all the, and, and all those things that I felt in as an adult, I realized were coming from what I had been feeling as a child. And I had been feeling those things all my life. And I, and I think we often make the mistake that once we get out of childhood or we leave our parents' house, just like we said, you know, a second ago, that we're free of those things because we're not in the environment now, but it's not. It's further, that's the furthest away from the truth, isn't it? Well, yeah. And, and the brain research actually proves that because um, in the lower left part of our brain, this is the lower left amygdala. This is the fight or flight mm-hmm. mechanism. And this is where all the fears and false beliefs get stored. Uh, the right side is our inner child, the emotional aspect. Um, and, but these are all stored here and they're unconscious or subconscious. And we don't realize that we're operating from these beliefs that are governing our life. And when this part of our brain is in charge, it's informing the upper left brain, which is the action-oriented part. The upper right brain actually is born with an ability to connect to a higher source of love. But because so many of us didn't get supported in our own inner knowing or our own intuition, I was told when I had intuition was don't be ridiculous. Like I wasn't supposed to know (laughs) what I knew. And so we kind of squash that. So many people squash that. And when our, our upper left brain, the action-oriented part, is being informed by our lower left brain, then we act out in ways that are not loving to ourselves, 
and not loving to others. And inner bonding, the process that you know that I teach, is about developing our loving adult, which is both sides of our upper right brain, so that we're accessing a source of truth and our actions are coming from a source of truth rather than from the fears and false beliefs of that wounded part of ourselves. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, and I think that distinction between our, our beliefs that we carry and then our actions, that was the difference for me. I, I was in a lot of my life w trying to work on myself and doing affirmations. And I kind of fell into the secret trap a bit, you know, or this idea that you, you can just repeat things or look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> and, and I did that for years and struggled. But it, it's, it, what you, it wasn't until I started taking loving action, which is really shifting into that loving adult. Oh, yeah that my life started to change. But it was, it was a slow, steady bit by bit. But to your point, it's, it really is you, I start, I recognize that it's my responsibility to parent myself now, and I'm no longer at the mercy of anyone else. Yeah. And what, and what we don't learn as we're growing up, what I certainly didn't learn is that I'm responsible for my feelings. When we talk about parenting ourselves, like if you think about a child who comes to you upset, a loving parent will not just keep working on the computer or reading the book or drinking alcohol or whatever. A loving parent will open arms and attend to the feelings and want to understand what's going on. But how many of us have learned to do that for ourselves? I never saw my parents take any responsibility for their feelings at all. It was always blame. It was either blaming, withdrawing, shutting down, turning to addictions. None of that is responsible for our feelings. And so most people never even consider taking responsibility for their feelings because they don't even know that they are responsible and they've never seen anybody do that. And this is what interbonding teaches people to do, is how to take responsibility for your own feelings and not be a victim of life and not be a victim of others. Mm, that's... That going through that experience, Dr. Paul, is truly life changing. Wow. It doesn't happen overnight, but it is something you have to learn because, to your point, you don't learn it. I mean, I mean, you don't see it modeled. No. It's hard to find it out there in the self help. I mean, honestly, you you were a godsend because this work is completely different than even the traditional therapeutics right. and going to psychotherapy you know oh. this I mean, well you were at a five as a five-year-old you knew the, the psychotherapy yeah world was... but and, and also i practiced traditional psychotherapy for 17 years i was trained traditionally um and mm. i wasn't happy with the results for me i had had a ton of therapy and i was not happy with that and and i was doing therapy with others i was not happy with that i started to pray for a process or a teacher or something that would really work and that's when I met Dr. Erica Chopitz. You, you found out about her in Healing Your Aloneness. And she had half of inner bonding and I had half of inner bonding. And so, of course, we had to meet and put it together. It was almost 40 years ago. And so this process has been evolving now for a very long time. And it's just become incredibly powerful. My whole life has changed as a result of this process. I'm like a completely different person than I was. <laughs> before inner bonding. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I can attest to that as well because I've the same experience. This, 
I went through the, your, your work several years ago. I was in my early thirties. I'm almost 40 now. I've got a family. I've got a young daughter and a wife. And I know that I would not be able to be the husband and father that I am today where I'd not, had I not learned because you still, you can feel the emotions of other people around you. And we eat, we all have those choices, the moments each day by day, right? Where you can dismiss, turn away, run away, or lean into them, as you said earlier. And I think a lot of us get so burdened by life. We're not to make excuses, right? It's it's because it's not. We have to take the responsibility of these things. But I, uh, so many people don't realize the power that they hold, and I think that's right. what changed for me was it was within me the whole time. Yeah. But I love that it was prayer that brought you to, to that connected you and Dr. Chopin. Like re, you said that you were praing for a process or something, right? That brought you to, yeah. do, do you believe that that's what it was? Yeah, see, I, I was brought up by atheist parents and, and in my household, God was a bad word. My dad would say, mm. anybody who believes in God is just using that as a crutch. And so I was not mm. brought up with any, any spirituality, any religion, nothing. But I had that sense inside that there was something. And so, before I started to pray for that, I got on a spiritual path. I started searching. I, I knew I had had a few experiences of being able to feel guided by a source of love and a source of truth, but it would just sort of happen. And I wanted it to, I wanted to be able to tap into that anytime I wanted. And that's one of the things <laughs> that motivated me to start to pray for a process. And of course, the prayer was answered. And I learned through interbonding and through help with Erica how to tap into that higher source at will. And that is an mm. amazing way to live. It's so completely different than relying on this lower brain program. We're all programmed with these beliefs. And, and this part of us has a, a kind of loud voice and, and says, this is what's true and this is what's real and this is what you have to do to protect yourself and you have to control this situation. And if you act this way, you can have control over getting love and avoiding pain and feeling safe and you can have control over outcomes. And all of that are lies. These are lies that we were programmed to believe. But when we learn to tap into our higher self or higher source, whatever somebody wants to call that, we, we tap into a source of truth and of comfort and of guidance. And it's, it's such a completely different way to live. It's just, it's, ama it's still amazing to me. I've been living this way for a long time, but it's still amazing to me. I love that. It, it really is. I mean, it, it's life-changing. Dr. Paul, from your perspective, if, if I'm someone, you know, someone that's listening and they may struggle with some spiritual concepts or something like that. Like what, what would you suggest to them to, to explore that world, if you will? What I suggest to people, regardless of what they believe. I mean, some people come to me and they have this, um, this awful concept of God as being this judgmental, this judgmental man in the sky, and they don't want anything to do with that. And so they've turned <laughs> off to that and, and other people just have no idea how to access it. So what I suggest to people is to imagine an older, wiser part of you, your own higher self, mm. like you, 500 years older than you. And you have to mm. use your imagination. I, I encourage people to imagine like sitting in a beautiful place in nature at a picnic table with their older, wiser self or whatever works for them and have a conversation. And at the beginning, when I had these conversations, I was sure I was making it up. I mean, I, I didn't mm -hmm. think I was accessing anything real. 
So I had to test it out. And sometimes I would listen to what I thought I was making up. And other times I would not listen to what I thought I was making up. And invariably, when I listened, it turned out so much better. And so over time mm. of testing this out, I learned to trust that. And I didn't really care whether I was making it up or not. The information that would pop into my mind was so helpful and so right that I learned to trust that. And, you know, it doesn't matter what people believe regarding where it comes from. I was once working with a man. I'd been working with his wife, who was a spiritual woman. And she was really getting a lot out of it. And he was having a hard time. And so he came to me and he said, look, I, I don't want any of this spiritual stuff. Uh, I don't believe in it. And I said, okay, that's fine. But when you want to know what's loving, and that's step four of inner bonding is asking our higher guidance what's loving. When you want to know what's loving, ask the air. Just ask the air and see what happens. So he started <laughs> asking the air and he started getting answers. And he said to me, look, I don't know where they're coming from and I don't want to know, but I'm getting great answers and it's really helping me. <laughs> that's well, it's cool because in a way that's actually a scientific approach, right? You're kind of putting stuff out there and things are coming back oh. to you. Then you're testing what you're getting yeah. back. And then in just the example you gave, that gentleman didn't have any interest in that, but he couldn't argue oh. against the answers that he that's was right. getting, right? That's Which right. is phenomenal. Yeah. So for you, in, in, a, in a way, it can be whatever you potentially imagine. But the, the key is to ask those questions, have the dialogue, put things out there. Right. And, and, and to recognize that spirit speaks to us in a soft voice, if it speaks at all. Sometimes it's images, sometimes it's feelings. The wounded part of us that comes from here, it, it's loud. It's like it acts like an authority. It acts like it knows what it's talking about when it's really completely <laughs> ignorant. And so you, mm. you have to kind of learn to be still and, and listen to what's popping into your mind. So for you, I imagine then, are, are there a, a large, do you often interact with people that are a, 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 maybe not against, but aren't open to spiritual components or it happens a lot. We, I feel like we lived in a very scientific oriented, even the, the way that you're describing the ego or that, that, egoic self our culture is really built around that almost personality type with the i'm an authority i'm an expert you know just the very but it's loud it's 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 harsh in a lot yeah, of ways that's, isn't that's it? right and and our society really doesn't support trusting your inner knowing trusting your intuition trusting your higher knowing trusting what pops into your mind that quiet voice or images that pop into your mind doesn't really support that. We don't really have anything in our society that trains kids to listen on the inner level. So unless they have parents that really know how to do that, and I'm so glad that you learned inner bonding before you got married and had kids. That's, that's why I always hope that parents will learn it before they have children, because, um, you know, you want to be a role model for your child and you can't be if you're abandoning yourself. No, that's so true. And, and, you know, kids are incredible mirrors too. They're going to show you where you're, you're struggling to. I mean, I've learned even now, I mean, my daughter teaches me a ton just about myself and the relationship still. I mean, 
this work never is done either. And I think that's what's cool about it is it becomes a lifelong process. These are tools that we can learn. And that's what I talk about on the show is, is we're not, no matter the lot in life we may find for ourselves or where we may find ourselves, we truly can overcome anything. We have so much glory and goodness and love within us. And, and it's, it's, to me, it's an obligation to share those things. That's why I talk about this stuff on the podcast. And it's an honor to be a, a parent like this. My wife, to her credit, you know, she's, we've talked a lot about this work, but as a mom, she started to see the impact that it was having on her relationship with Annabelle as, cause she was feeling all this. She's got a lot of things that she's working on that her own inner abandonment. I think to your point earlier, all of us have learned to abandon yeah, ourselves right. effectively. Right? right. And so it's a process we all have to go through, isn't it? Well, yeah. And, and, and I've kind of um, found that there are four major ways that we've all learned to abandon ourselves. And one is, you know, when, when we're little and, and, and there's pain, there's big feelings, we're too little to manage them. And so one of the things we learn to do is kind of dissociate from our body. We learn to go up in our head so that we can survive mm. big feelings. And so one of the ways people still abandon themselves is they stay focused in their mind and they completely disconnect from their body. Well, that's where the feelings are. So, you know, again, like mm. you don't want to disconnect from Annabelle. You want to know when she's upset. But if you were just up in your head and not listening for her, you wouldn't know when she was upset. And that's what a lot of people do. They're up in their head and there. They're not listening. I call it having your inner baby monitor on where you're listening. You have a baby. Mm. You want to hear the baby cry. But people don't want to hear their inner child cry because they don't know what to do. And so one way of abandoning themselves is stay up in your head. And another way is to judge yourself. Most of us have learned to judge ourselves. Mm. I'm not good enough. I'm not important. I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm not lovable. I'm inadequate. I mean, all kinds of judgments that you would never say to a child, but you're saying to your inner child, well, that's a major form of self-abandonment. And then you make yourself feel terrible. You make yourself feel anxious or depressed or angry or guilty or ashamed. And then you ignore the feelings that you're causing <laughs> with your self-judgment. And then a third one is, is you, uh, you know, there's so many people in our society that numb out. With so we've got so many addictions. We've got food and alcohol and drugs and and social media and spending and shopping and sex and pornography and overwork and so many ways of avoiding feelings by numbing out. Well, that's another form of self abandonment. And then finally, and this really shows up in relationships, is that so many people get into a relationship thinking. The reason to get into a relationship is to get love. This person is supposed to love me and make me feel whole and make me feel safe and make me feel worthy. Well, unfortunately, we attracted our common level of self-abandonment or our common level of love. So if you're entering a relationship wanting to get love, so is the other person. And that's a form of self-abandonment, making the other person responsible for your sense of safety and your sense of worth your definition of yourself, you're feeling whole and complete inside. It's like you're taking Annabelle and trying to hand her away to other people, saying to her, they have to like you for you to be okay. I don't want to be the one to love you. They have to like you for you to be okay. Mm -hmm. So many people 
do that. They hand away to other mm-hmm. people. And if that person likes them, they're okay. And if that person doesn't, they're not okay. And they're always trying to control getting approval. Well, doing that is automatic self-rejection, automatic self-abandonment. And even if the other person does give us some approval or some attention, it doesn't land because we're rejecting and abandoning ourselves. And so obviously it becomes so important to learn to take responsibility for our own feelings so that we can enter a relationship to share love. That's a completely different relationship. It feels completely different to share love than always trying to get love. People think, you know, they get a little bit of love and oh boy, that feels great. That's what life is about, getting a little bit of love. They have no idea that that doesn't come close to sharing love. But we don't have love to share unless we learn to tap into a source of love and bring that inside and fill ourselves up with love. And then from that full place inside, we have love to share. And that, in my experience, is the highest experience in life, the sharing of love. But we just can't do it unless we learn to love ourselves. So beautiful. And to be honest, Dr. Paul, I spent a large portion of my youth in that space, chasing love and and women and partners and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be loved. And, and even when you got it to your point, it's never enough, you know, it's never enough to what, and, and you're always seeking and you're in a constant state of insecurity. People really don't have an idea of how much, how wonderful it is when you feel from within. That's honestly the whole concept of order within is creating that order within yourself, having love within yourself. There's a source of love within us now. Right. But we don't know That's about right. it. That's right. That's exactly right. And so the inner bonding teaches people how to tap into that, how to tap into that source of love, how to define their own self-worth. That makes all the difference in the world when you don't define yourself by externals. When you define yourself by who you are internally, that is completely different. You know, you're, you're defining yourself by your, your, your basic goodness, your kindness, your caring, your compassion, your honesty, your integrity. Those are, those are, the, those are the, the qualities that go with us when we leave. I, 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 don't, I don't believe the soul dies. I believe the soul is enduring. And, and that's who we really are. But so many people think that they are that wounded aspect of themselves that's never good enough and that doesn't look right and hasn't accomplished enough and doesn't have enough things to be okay. Mm. Oh, if only I have another house or, or another boat or, I mean, I get a lot of people I work with who are very wealthy, but they need one more mm. thing to feel okay. And it doesn't mm. do it. It's a void within us, isn't it, that we're trying to fill? You said it earlier, relationships, consumption, porn, sex, all this stuff, right? It's it's a void. Yeah, and when we're abandoning ourselves, we create that void. We create the emptiness inside. And that emptiness wants to get filled. And what it needs is is love, but it thinks it needs somebody else's love, somebody else's approval, somebody else's attention or admiration, when what it really needs is for us to learn to love ourselves. If only our society would focus more on that than the next shiny thing, right? Do you, do you, I'm curious your perspective 
on our on our culture as a whole and and where we are today in 2023 you know there's a i i've i've gone through a lot of changes with the way i look at our culture and the hypersexualization the porn usage the video games the partying the the inability to even have spiritual conversations openly i mean it's there there's so much of this stuff that's so important to us and enriches our life it's almost you can't say any of it. And if you say you bring anything up, you get attacked for saying some of these things. That's what, what do you, from your perspective, Dr. Paul, like, do you think this is stemming? Like, is this reflecting our own inner abandonment? It's just created in our society. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. your perspective. I mean, look, look at commercials, you know, get this new car and then you'll be happy, you know, this mm. new house and then you'll be happy, you know, and if you're not take this drug rather than deal with mm. how you're treating mm. yourself. Yeah, our whole society yeah. is is so off course. I mean, and and it's reflected on our planet because we we you know we create a lot of internal toxicity by the false beliefs, judging ourselves, and then of course there's you know you mentioned nutrition, which I've been into for over sixty years now, and um, it's so toxic. The air is toxic. The the water's toxic. The food. The GMOs, the pesticides, the 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 additives, the the amount of sugar and things, the industrial seed oils. There's so much that is uh, toxic in our environment, and it and of course then our bodies become toxic, and that creates a lot of degenerative diseases, cancer, heart disease, uh, autoimmune, diabetes, and it also creates when when we're that out of balance in our gut because the the bad bugs in our gut have taken over mm. rather than the good bacteria um, taking over. Um, it goes up into our brains and creates toxicity. And, and you know, like 30 or 40 years ago, there was um, maybe 50 kids, uh, 50, I don't know how many, was so, so low in autism. It was like one... Mm-hmm. One in 20,000 is what it was. And now it's one in 50. Mm. So things like autism and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and ADD and ADHD, all of that is coming from the brain toxicity, from the toxicity Mm. in our bodies, the toxicity in our environment. And then see what's inner is reflected in the outer and what's outer is reflected in the inner. So obviously our planet is in deep trouble. Because, you know, there's, there's the imbalance, just like there's an imbalance on the inner level of most people, there's an imbalance on the external level, the cutting down the rainforest, the factory farms, the, the pollution, of course, has caused our yep. planet and to go, to go into this global warming that's happening. I don't see how people can deny the, the hurricanes and the floods and the fires and everything that's going on. There's just I think the only people that deny it are the people who are benefiting out of their greed mm. from the things that are causing it. Well, one of my favorites is blaming all this on cows and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's really like the the monocropping and the way they, the industrial farms that they do. When you go and look, it's, I've been learning a lot about regenerative oh, farming right. too, Dr. Paul, and like that. Because to your point, it's it's getting back closer to the earth you know, I, I, I read um, Nourishing Traditions many years yeah. ago by, by Salin, uh, Sally Fallon yeah. and, and that work, Dr. Weston Price. Oh, like I, it's all the things that you're describing. I know it's, it's right in line. That's getting back to living close to the earth, 
because back in the day, there was no such thing as organic. Everything just was right. organic. Everything you got was. foods from farms, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But, but now it's, it's so different. And it's interesting you brought up the, the blood-brain toxicity. And, and because all those things that you described, Parkinson's, ADHD, like the autism, those are all brain-based right. diseases, right? And they're, they degenerate over time. So when we're thinking about interbonding, because that's really your emotional health, right? Your spiritual health. How do you tie in the nutritional component to it as well? I mean, is it, when you work with your clients, do you, do you hit them all like we go full force on all those areas or do you kind of step into it? I'm, yeah, I'm curious I, how I you kind of step you, into it. But, but see, interbonding is about loving yourself, not just emotionally. It's about loving yourself physically, financially, mm. relationally, organizationally. There's many ways. A lot of people will operate as an adult, let's say financially or organizationally, but they completely abandon themselves physically and emotionally and spiritually. And so it's our responsibility, like as a parent, you're a parent. Your job is, is to take care of your family as well as you can to keep things organized, to relate in a loving way, to um, financially support your family, um, to to hopefully be guided by what is truly loving. There's and to keep yourself healthy so that the people around you are not burdened by you being sick. I I mean I think it's really selfish when people don't take care of themselves and they become burdens on everybody around them. There's so many people like that that just don't take care of themselves on the physical level. That's not loving to yourself and it's not loving mm. to anybody else. So this is, a, this is a big area for me because I was a very sickly kid. And in my early mm. 20s, I just hated, by that time I hated being sick. And I started reading everything I could. I read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson and I knew that she knew what she was talking about. And I read The Poisons in Your Foods by Longwood. And I thought, oh my God. And I threw everything out at that time and, <laughs> and started to shop. There was one little health food store in Los Angeles at the time. And that's where I started to shop. And that's what I've been doing since then. And so mm. now, I mean, it's taken a long time for people to see the results. But um, most of the people my age, I just turned last Thursday, I turned 84. And what? Awesome. You look amazing. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think that this is kind of a long range study, a long term study, because I, I'm, I'm part of a group of seven women who we were best friends in junior high. And so, and, cool. and so we're all the same age and we meet once a month online and all of them have so many physical problems that I don't have, but all of them mm. have been eating you know, the standard American diet and I haven't. And so it's like, it's almost like a scientific study because we were all, we all live in the same area. We we're all the same religion. We all had similar parents. We we're all very, very similar. And yet at this point, we're very, very different in our health. Mm. So I think that's pretty interesting. That's really interesting. You're, you're living proof what can happen when you make different shit decisions around our food, yeah. right? Relative to your friends. And, and I don't think people realize how much food nourishes our, our mind, our hearts, our bodies, right. our brain, like that, the nutrition for our brain and our gut, that connection between our brain and our gut is very real. 
I notice it when I get out of line with the things that I'm eating or if I'm not eating properly, I'll feel that cloudiness, that haziness, that fog. That all comes from specific foods. And it's, we got a long way to go as a society, but it is encouraging to see. And by the way, I signed up for Thrive too, by the oh, way, right. I, I, the That's marketplace. Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw you, which is great. I, I I didn't even realize that Thrive was around. We We live in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And luckily, there's a lot of great local farms wow. and, and farmers markets here. But my hope is, is that this becomes more normal. Yeah. Like get back to, you know, that's one thing that Europe seems to do really yeah, well good. is the way yeah. they do their food. Yeah. yeah. If we can do something similar to that. Unfortunately, our, our politicians all seem to be bought by giant corporations. I know, I know. Uh, but you see, this also as, um, affects our ability to connect on the spiritual level. Because connecting on the spiritual level is about frequency. It's about, you know, we, we operate, our bodies operate at a fairly low frequency so we can see each other. If we vibrated like a hummingbird's wings, we couldn't see each other. So we have to vibrate mm. at a fairly low frequency, but spirit vibrates at a much higher frequency. So in order to connect, we have to raise our frequency. And I have found two mm. major choices that we need to make to be able to have a high enough frequency to have what I call at will divine connection. One of them has to do with our intention. And as you know, inner bonding has only two intentions. One is the intention to learn about loving ourselves and sharing our love with others. And the other is the intention to protect against pain with various forms of controlling behavior. One or the other, mm. that's it. When our intention is to control, our frequency goes down. When our intention is mm. to learn about love, our frequency goes up. So that's one of the secrets of connecting with our guidance is being able to learn to maintain a true intention to learn about starting with loving ourselves and then sharing our love. The other is the frequency of our body. And so if you're eating mm. sugar and processed foods and industrial seed oils and devitalized foods, factory farm foods, foods filled with pesticides and all that, that's really hard on the body. It's hard for the body mm. to utilize it. So it lowers the frequency of the body. And so if you mm. really want to have a high enough frequency to have at will divine connection, you not only have to practice being open to learning, and that is a practice, but you need to be eating clean, hopefully organic, natural foods, not filled with mm. sugar and junk. Yeah. Oh, we really do have a long way to go around a lot of that. Oh, yeah. I think the good thing is, is a lot of people are waking up to it, though, it yeah. seems. I, I mean, at least from my experience, more people are are wanting to live closer to the earth, living more simply, slowing down. You know, there was a period where with social media and technology and we had all this explosion of information, which is incredible. But we've really disconnected from our roots as humans. Right. And. Just the simplicity of going outside and, and being in nature yeah. and being, right, all that stuff adds up. And it's interesting that you those two intentions that you were describing, to love yourself or to be in control. And control is a fear-driven frequency, right. isn't That's it? Right. It's, and fear is a low and, frequency. Exactly. Well, and and our society perpetuates fear at, at many levels, doesn't it? The, the content we watch, the news. Oh, yeah. It's... It's trying to keep us in a low frequency. Right. I, do you, if so, 
from your perspective, Dr. Paul, like in my mind, I watched the matrix, that movie. I don't know. You, maybe you've seen it or maybe you haven't, but it's, to me, it's a real life depiction in a lot of ways of what people are experiencing. And I think part of it is, is unplugging from kind of the machine, if you will. And so for someone that's maybe plugged in heavily to social media, they're on their phone all the time. They're anxious all the time. Like from your perspective, Dr. Paul, what, what are a few things that people can do to start how can they start to learn some of these these practices and these principles and start to implement them in their day-to-day? Well, one of the first things they can do is go to our website at innerbonding.com and download our free seven-day course. It, it'll it'll mm-hmm. give them the overview of inner bonding and let them know whether they want to pursue it further. Um, we have a 30-day video course called Love Yourself. That's a great course for learning to love yourself. And like you said, your wife is reading the Inner Bonding Workbook which uh, teaches the process. There's many ways to learn it. Um, I do a bi-monthly masterclass uh, that's not very mm. expensive for people where I, I, I'm i live for an hour and a half. I bring people through an inner bonding process. I speak on a topic and then I do 15 minute laser sessions with people, taking them very mm. deep in a very short period of time so that people can see how powerful this process is live at work. And surprisingly, many people are willing to come on and do their work live because they see how helpful it is to others. The people who are there watching get so much out of it. They put in the chat, thank you so much. That was so helpful because we're all similar. We all have many of the Mm -hmm. same problems. So when somebody is willing to do their work, it's so helpful to other people. So that's another way of learning inner bonding. There's many ways of learning inner bonding. And we have a fabulous facilitator training program. And so we have mm. many well-trained facilitators. I work with people individually if, if they can afford what I charge. And if they can't, they go to one of the facilitators. And we have them all over the world who, um, who are there to support people in learning inner bonding, learning to love themselves and connect to their higher guidance. That's, that's amazing, Dr. Paul. Well, I was surprised when I started doing this, you know, I, this had been going on for decades for me, that insecure, anxious, isolated feeling, the feeling of aloneness when you're with people, even people that you care about. That was when I knew that I, I was, something was off because I was with people that I really cared about and I just felt alone. Wow. I didn't feel, but that was that inner abandonment. But what was shocking to me is, when you start taking action and you start applying these things, you start to feel better very quickly. Now, you don't do, but you can feel positive impact very quickly. Yes, can't you? you can. And, and, and in a sense, that's a problem because people start feeling better so quickly and they think, wow, I'm there. And then they stop doing it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that would be like being a great parent to a child for a few weeks. And the child is so happy. And then they're saying, well, I don't have to do that anymore. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's for sure it's a lifelong it's a lifelong pursuit isn't it that's what i've learned it's something you well for me dr paul when i when i started to realize that if i had saw my five-year-old self on the side of the road and was upset as an adult i would go to that child and i would kneel down to him and i would nurture him i would ask him what's wrong can i help you find your parent what do you need man like what do you need little guy and we we don't once we start to get a sense of the relationship that we have with ourselves, that inner child, yeah. it doesn't go away. It hap- you got to keep doing it. But 
it becomes natural. Yes. It feels unnatural at first because you're like, why am I talking to myself? Yeah. This is weird. You know, I got a teddy bear when I first doing it. I was, he was kind of represented my, my inner yeah. child. Like there's a lot of cool things that you suggest that people can do to connect with our inner child. Right. But the, the joy, the healing, the creativity, the, all the energy that comes from that, it's just, it's so life-changing. Yeah, it, it is so life-changing. Before inner bonding, um, I, I was writing books, but it was like torture. I, it was so hard for me mm. to write and to get myself to sit down and write. I had things I wanted to say, but it was so hard. And I'm also an artist. And I would struggle with my creativity after inner bonding, mm -hmm. after I started to practice, after I learned to connect to my guidance and, and connect to that source of real creativity. It's completely different. When I write now, I just sit down and I say to my higher guides, okay, I've shown up, you're on. And I just <laughs> let it come right through. Just come right through that, that book that your wife is going through. The publisher gave me nine months to write that book. And I sat down for six weekends and I told my guidance, okay, it's up to you. And completely finished it in six weekends, sent it off, and they loved it. Wow. We, it's, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like super, a superpower yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways. When you see how much it's, I, the thing that I sometimes struggle with, Dr. Paul, is knowing how much, how these tools are there for us and they're available to everyone. Yeah. And seeing the people that you love and care for struggling and suffering and kind of stuck in their anxiety and, and no matter what you share with them, it's like they assume that you just magically changed or right. it's, it's, it's frustrating. Sometimes you just want to shake people, but I still believe that the best way to, to help others is to lead by example, to live. That's right. I mean, from your perspective, you've been doing this for a very long time. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is just accept people as they are and, and let people be and, and, and go about your day at focusing on what you can control. What, what's your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I mean, that? that's exactly right. It, it's hard when you care about somebody to accept that you have no control over their intention. You have no control over whether they're ready to really open to learning about loving themselves or, when they, or, or if they still want to have control over getting love and avoiding pain and feeling safe, which is obviously self-abandonment and causing them all the pain that they're trying to avoid. But we're, we're, we're powerless over another person's intention. So like you said, the very best thing we can do is be loving role models. And very often mm. people say to me, I want what you have. That's great, <laughs> I want what you have. And, and I'm ready to learn to do what you do. And, and that's great. Mm. And, and, and so the more we each learn to take care of ourselves and show up as our true selves, our caring, loving, kind, compassionate selves in the world, the more we impact other people. And, and, and the more we're in joy. How many people do you know who live in joy? And yet when mm. you really learn to love yourself, it, you start to have inner peace. You start to have joy. People see that. And that's the best way we can affect others. You know, we can suggest things to others, take the free course, read this book, but then we have to back off because either they are ready for it or they're not ready for it. And like you said, we have to just accept that because there's nothing we can do other than continue to do our own inner work. 
Yeah, that's great. That's, that's, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do, but you really do just have to lead by example and accept what it is. And, and, and you said it earlier too, it's such a different place coming from, I need to get love versus I'm sharing love within me coming from within me. It really is an overflowing cup that you, you are coming from. That's right. I, it's, it just, it's life changing. And, and that's why I was so excited to have you on the show because, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm not just saying this, you know, I'm not just sharing these things. Like I really, if you, if, if, but the hard part is, is there's all this stuff that you feel sometimes inside of you and you, you want to say here, I'm going to, you can feel my 17 year old self, feel all that anxiety, feel that fear, and then feel what you feel with me now. That wasn't accidental. That happened through intention. And, and honestly, Dr. Paul, so much of the work that you created, I mean, really, truly was the tool set to, to live by. I'm still doing it. We're ideally going to teach it to our daughter. My light, my wife's learning it. Like, it's just, it's incredible. So I just want to thank you for everything that you've done because um, you're honestly a modern day hero for me. And I just, it's been a true blessing to have wow, you. Thank you so, so much. Well, so Dr. Paul, before we part ways, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience uh, that's relevant to what you're working on or anything, you know, before we go? I just want people to know that anybody can learn this. If you really want to learn inner bonding, if you really want to learn these six steps, if you really want to learn to love yourself and connect with your spiritual guidance, learn to see how beautiful you are in your soul, you can do it. It's it. Everybody has the capability of doing this. It's just about whether or not you want to. So I really encourage you to take a look at it and see how that feels to you. That's awesome. Well, I certainly attest to that. Dr. Paul's work is fantastic. Well, Dr. I, Dr. Paul, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I hope the audience, I hope you got some value out of this. I know what what we discussed is is truly life-changing and and I second that. I really hope that you'll take the leap of faith Call even if you're calling the air to you, as you shared earlier, the answers can come. You know that love is within us, and it truly is. It truly is there for the for the finding. Right. So, Dr. Paul, I really appreciate your time. Hopefully, others will find value and wisdom in your work. I know they will if they give it a shot. And to the listeners, appreciate your your eyes, your ears, all of that. And until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.